You're listening to The Kelly Green Show. This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. But you underdogs. And you know what underdogs is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run faster. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show. I am your host, Football Kelly. Preseason football is officially back, and you know what that means. Fans must start doing mock drafts and getting ready for the fantasy leagues that they are in for the regular season. That's why I reached back out to ESPN's Mike Clay about chatting all things Eagles and the 2021 season of fantasy football. I know you are a busy man, but I appreciate you coming back on to chat with me today, Mike. What's new? Hey, uh, Kelly, happy to be here. Uh, you're right. It's that time of year, right? I mean, we're recording this not long before the Eagles' first preseason game. Tomorrow, I'm going to be headed out to Canton, Ohio, to the Hall of Fame for a weekend of drafts and hanging out with people in the industry. Next week, we have our ESPN Fantasy Football Marathon uh, here, which is going to air on, on ESPN, ESPN2, across our networks, on online, everything. So uh, it's going to be a crazy week, but uh, it's that time of the year, so I'm excited. I'm really appreciative of you carving out some time to chat with me about the Eagles because you were honestly one of the first people I spoke to uh, on my podcast who really truly believed that Jalen Hurts would be the starter for the 2021 season. We were talking during the Eagles season in 2020 when things were not going well, but we saw a little bit of tape on Jalen Hurts. He looked good, played the part, he was, you know, jumping in at the end of the season. And I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about it because your, your forecast was pretty spot on. Um, why do you feel so confidently that he will be a good fantasy quarterback for this season? Well, it's funny you say that because, uh, you know, he really spiked in terms of value during the offseason in fantasy. And I actually jumped off, off the off board for a little while. Um, I actually okay. moved him in some dynasty leagues. So it kind of just depends where the industry is from a fantasy perspective, right? So for example, in one league, I traded him for the pick when for a rookie pick when Trevor Lawrence was available, and I just took him. You know, I felt like you know follow the pedigree, uh, and that's really the important thing to know about Jalen Hurts. Is there reason for optimism? Absolutely. I mean, we saw what he did in that game against Arizona last season. I loved him as a prospect coming in. I was kind of disappointed he fell to round two, but you know, on the other hand. The guy has three NFL starts and he has a second round pick. And whether you like it or not, I mean, just scan over the the franchise quarterback for every team in the NFL. 32 teams pick out their franchise quarterback and tell me when they were drafted. Almost all of them were picked in the first round. Right. And it tells you that that's usually where you go to find a franchise quarterback. Usually the first round picks are the ones who pan out. Do, Do some fail? Do a lot fail? Yes. But the ones that pan out have a lot of pedigree. We're first round picks. So... That bothers me a little bit. And some people get annoyed by that and don't like that and say, it doesn't matter. There's exceptions to the rule, but there's very few exceptions to the rule. And you're kind of making my point. Jalen Hurts has to be an exception to the rule to be right. Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or Dak Prescott. You know, those are, that's the list. That's it. Like you look at the top 25 franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. That's the list right there. That th- those are the three other guys that were not picked in the first round. That's it. It's unbelievable. So uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm glad he's going to get an opportunity. 
but uh, you know, you, you have to, uh, you have to be realistic here. You know, um, totally. the odds are low, but as a fan root for the best from a fantasy perspective, though, you have to have a backup plan in mind. Definitely. And you were speaking a little bit about the fantasy dynasty leagues that um, people are really, you know, hopping on. I've never been asked to be in a dynasty league more than this off season in my whole time being a fantasy football footballer. So I'm, I'm curious, like what, what kind of trend does that suggest that people really want to get involved in the dance, the dynasty side of a fantasy league versus a, a yearly, you know, re reboot on, on what you did last year is completely wiped clean. What, what do you think that trend suggests? Well, I think you're seeing the growth and popularity of fantasy and people are taking more and more serious and getting more invested in it. Uh, and technology has helped a lot with that as well. Um, but, you know, we, it's always comes down to the same thing. You want to manage a team, right? You want to be like you're part of the game, like you're an NFL GM, manage a team. Um, and for season long, you know, it's fun. We love it. That's where we all started with the season long league. But with Dynasty, you know, if you hit that home run, let's say you picked Jalen Hurts last year, like I did in a lot of leagues in the third or fourth round of your rookie draft, and he turns into a superstar this year, you're going to feel great. He's your guy for the next decade. You hit a home run. Maybe you're an Eagles fan, and that that just doubles up the fun. You know, it's it's great. James Robinson last year or Justin Jefferson, if you picked him at the one-two turn in your rookie draft, just knowing that you don't just lose that guy, you have him for the long term whether it's a keeper league or a dynasty league, it feels good. You know, you feel great about that. And you can think about that all of season long and it, and it also never ends. If you love fantasy with dynasty, it's year round, you know, you can make trades in March and you can do them right after the season in December or January, if you want, there's always something going on with, uh, with the dynasty league. So um, that's, that's part of the appeal to it. It's my favorite type of league. My favorite leagues, if I were to list them all in order would certainly be all the dynasties at the top. love them uh, a ton. So yeah, if you have some invites, find a good league. Make sure it's a good commissioner you trust, a good group of people, an active league. And I would I would recommend it. Try it out. You are selling me on that for sure. I mean, there were a lot of changes since we spoke last. Even the head coach for the Eagles is new. When you're looking at like forecasting for even just the success of a, a team or the players on that roster, you know, we're looking at Nick Sirianni right now. Um when you look at this new head coach coming in with a, a new scheme, how much does that weigh on your evaluations for some of these fantasy football players? Yeah, it definitely matters. I spend a lot of time looking at schemes and and I've tracked play callers for offense going back to 2007 with the help of our NFL Nation team. One of the advantages of working here is I can consult uh, our terrific NFL Nation team uh, and gathered all that. So I've done a lot of research on it and you know, there are some similarities, you know, certainly from an offensive perspective, you bring over uh, a coach from a scheme that was very dependent on two tight end packages or multiple tight end packages. And Philadelphia's done that for the last few years. It also aligns with their personnel with Zach Ertz sticking around, which was not always uh, assured. You know, it's it seems like they're going to lean pretty heavily on 12 again this year, especially because they didn't really address the, the third wide receiver spot. You know, we'll see if someone emerges. But for now, I would expect a lot of Zach Ertz and Goddard out in the field together. So again, and again, that's something Indianapolis has done during the Frank uh, Reich era. So um, uh, I think the biggest change might be a lean toward a run first offense, as opposed to Doug Peterson leaning on a pass first offense, but that may have, may have happened anyway because of Jalen Hurts, right? They're going to have design right. runs for him. He's going to scramble a lot. So you're going to see more runs out of this offense, I think uh, regardless, but, and perhaps multiple backs too. We might see a little bit more of that. I still think, 
you know, you look at the depth chart, Miles Sanders is clearly the best talent there, most pedigree. I mean, Carrion Johnson was a second round pick, but uh, didn't really pan out in Detroit. So I think Sanders will emerge as their pretty clear lead back, you know, maybe 13, 14 carries, four or five targets, uh, and will be a, a very good fantasy back, a very good regular or uh, NFL back as well. Uh, but you may see a little bit more of a committee approach than we've seen, uh, you know, during the Doug Peterson era. Yeah, that's definitely what I am hoping to see. I would love to see us uh, focus on the run. Definitely think we got away from that in the end of the Peterson era. So, um, you know, leaning on that run game can hopefully help us stay on the field a little longer and hopefully keep our defense off the field. Uh, I have this segment that you are very familiar with uh, being a guest on the show before called the Kelly Green Lightning Round. Really quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready, Mike? Let's do it. All right. What quarterback traded this offseason would you consider drafting in fantasy leagues? A quarterback that was traded? Uh, it's got to be Matthew Stafford, right? I mean, it's a short list. So, yeah. <laughs> Staff- Stafford's the highest up my board. He's 12. So, uh, I'll go with him for sure with Sean McVay, the best coach he's ever had. And, and certainly the best quarterback I would say McVay's had, especially during his time with the Rams. So, I'm really excited for that one. Okay. What if? Sorry, anything... you said quick answer. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and it, it, you're doing great. You're doing great. What if anything do you look for in preseason games for potential fantasy sleepers? Uh, just, just good play. No, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of a lazy answer, but you know, you just want to see these guys go out and have success, right? Not struggle. Uh, that's that's really the key for me. And I'm not going to move the needle too much, but you want to see him stay healthy and play well. Yeah, there's going to be those guys on the waiver wire. Uh, you know, after these games that kind of spike up and we see it every year. So I'm just curious what, what you're always looking for. Any players you're avoiding or just staying away from maybe for a round or two uh, on a personal level in your drafts this season? Well, right now, I mean, Michael Thomas is still going in the fifth round uh, after his injury. That's wow. too rich for me. So I'm probably just going to stay away with all the turmoil with the team and his, his injury. Uh, so, I, you know, again, that's kind of an easy answer, but I would say him and probably the, the day three, well, third round, fourth round running backs this year, Michael Carter, Trey Sermon going too early for me in the seventh round. I mean, again, history says guys picked in that area don't usually have a lot of success as rookies. So I know they're in good situations, but we don't know if they're good NFL players yet. So, uh, they'd be on my list too. Got it. All right. Well, best fantasy football team name you've heard so far this off season. Oh man. I don't know. That's, that's a good one. Um, I don't know if I've heard a, a good new one yet. I'm trying to think through the, some of the rookie names, see if anything pops into my head. Oh and man. You got Chase that could be used in some, some level. Maybe. Oh yeah. Um, well, you know what, how about this? I'll just give you one on the spot that I guarantee a lot of people are going to use. It's super boring, but, uh, tonight the Yankees are playing that on the field of dreams, right? So yeah. that game is tonight when we're recording this. Uh, so how about Fields of Dream? Or F- Fields of oh. Dreams, I guess, Justin Fields. <laughs> I love uh, it. I'm just wing- I'm completely winging it on that one. But uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to come back with a better one next time. I'll admit um, I have not really um, looked into that. I'll tell you what, though. Our, uh, the, the writer for the fantasy show with Matthew Berry, uh, he does an article every year with the best, fa- the best names for fantasy teams. Who he, It goes up, I think, in, you know, at some point this month. I'm not sure if he's doing it again, but he does that every year, DJ Gallo, and it's uh, it's really funny. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, keep, people get creative. I, I love the creativity when the, the names start coming out. 
Are you going to any NFL games this season in person? Uh, no, I won't. I won't be um, unless maybe a playoff game. You know, it's the only thing I can get to now. I'm so busy. You know, I have Sunday morning. I'm doing TV up here on campus and, and then I get to work during the day. So it's hard to get to a game, which stinks because growing up, I lived at the vet. You know, every, yeah. if there was a home game, I was there uh, there early. One of the you know, first we were always one of the first people there walked around. It was it was quiet. And I miss those days for sure. So. Um, but you know, once the playoffs come around, I have more time and I'm able to get to games. So let's hope the Eagle, you know, Jalen Hurts is the real deal. They win that some would games, be phenomenal. Make, the, make the playoffs and play at the link. So uh, I'll do my best to get there. Sounds good. All right. Thank you for, uh, humoring me with that episode for that, uh, episode, uh, segment. I wanted to talk to you a little bit, something you already kind of pressed on, uh, the duo at the tight, tight end position. Nobody saw that. Uh, Ertz would be on the roster. Looks like that's still the case for the foreseeable future. How do you feel about the Eagles' value uh, at the tight end position and the outlook for those guys? Well, I'll tell you what, I'd feel better about all these pass catchers if Zach Ertz was moved. Uh, obviously, he's going to demand some targets in this offense. I don't think he sticks around and just chills on the sideline and sees one or two targets a game. And that was not the case last year. In fact, if you look at the target shares when Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz both played in full, I have it at, uh, I believe, well, Goddard left one early late in the season. So there was weeks 13, 14, 15, and week, weeks uh, one and two, right? That was the full game. So there were five games. Dallas Goddard had a 22% target share in those games. It was at 20% or higher every game. That's big time use. So it's really yeah. good. That's like top end, tight end. You look at Zach Ertz in those games. He was never below 12% and he was at 16 or higher in four of those games, an average of 16%. So that's also better than, you know, that's higher than some tight ends who will be top 12 tight ends in fantasy this year. So both of those guys did play a lot together. Uh, obviously, the, the big thing here is they didn't really have much a wide receiver at that point. They now have Devonta Smith there. Uh, Jalen Rager obviously will, will play a pretty big role, but they still don't really have a clear cut number three wide receiver. So um, that's gives me some room for optimism that they will utilize both guys. There's only actually been a few teams. I think there's maybe been, I want to say two instances over the past decade of a team that had two top 10 or top 12 fantasy tight ends. The Eagles were one of them with Goddard and Ertz. The other one was, was the Patriots, of course, during the, the Hernandez Gronkowski uh, heyday. So um, we'll see if uh, they can pull it off again. I still think Goddard is the preferred choice here and should be the number one. He's a top 10 fantasy tight end. We saw that last season when he was tight end three during his full games in fantasy points and Ertz, you know, closer to 20, uh, you know, I think his targets will be down from usual. He struggled last season. He's going on 31 years old. He worried a little bit about durability at this point. Also, if they struggle early, could he be traded or a lot of uh, reservations here, but um, you know, if you're in a two tight end league, take a shot on him. If you're in a one tight end league, the target is clear. It's Goddard. And that makes a lot of sense to me. I think the tight end is such a hard position to draft in fantasy because, like you said, the the options are so slim. There's not a lot of guys who get a ton of attention from their quarterback at that position. You really got to go for those top guys. or And th those guys go early. They go in the first, second round, uh, Kittle and, and Kelsey. So, um, you know, trying to make a, a good option at the end of the, you know, third or fourth round potentially to fill that role. Um, you need somebody that's actually going to get the attention of their quarterback and, and Goddard definitely seems to be on the rise in this offense. So fingers crossed there. 
Uh, I do want to talk to you also about the wide receiver core, as you talked about it. Devontae Smith is currently uh, dealing with an injury to his leg. Do you think that will impact him at all? Uh, who, who is that? Sorry. Uh, Devontae Smith. He's, oh, Devontae, it doesn't yes. seem like um, it's a serious situation, but do you think that'll impact him at all? Um, not, I mean, you, you don't like to see this in, in the preseason or preseason, obviously for rookie season, you want to get him up to tune on the offense, get some reps and be ready to roll for week number one. So not ideal, but it sounds like he'll be ready to go for week one. And that's what counts, right? Because this is a guy who has a path to a huge target share. They need him in this offense. There's a reason that they moved up a couple spots and drafted this kid. Uh, and, and look last year and look, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Justin Jefferson was last year. Cause no one has been pretty much ever like for a rookie receiver, right. but you know, he was the guy last off season where we were like, Hey, which, which of these rookie receivers has a, the clearest path to a huge target share. It was Devonta Smith or it was Justin Jefferson this year. It's right. Devonta Smith. Right. So they need him to be the number one. Uh, and, and hopefully he's healthy and ready to go. But you know, in terms of drafting him for fantasy, I'm not moving the needle much. Right. I still think he, you know, he's not too expensive and he has a chance to be a wide receiver three option, maybe a, a flex option. And history says receivers picked in the top 10, as long as they don't get hurt, are money in the bank. You know, they're going to be top 30, top 25 receivers. They almost all are. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But for now, you know, he is 41st on my board and going in the eighth round of drafts, 12 teamers. That's about right for me. I'll take him if, if he's the best guy on the board. Man, how how shocked were you? I, I'm sure a lot of Eagles fans were shocked, but how shocked were you when Devontae Smith, the Eagles traded up over the Giants uh, with the Cowboys to take that player? <laughs> yeah, uh, man, it's just uh, it's funny. It's building up that rivalry a little bit, right? And you know the, oof, man, especially after what happened at the end of last season with the Giants, you know, right. with uh, with Nate Sudfeld and all that. Yeah, it's 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 not it's good. You know, you want that healthy rivalry within the division. You're not. As someone who grew up an Eagles fan, you don't love to trade with Dallas, but at the same time, they, you know, they open the door for that, for the Eagles to potentially get uh, a superstar wide receiver. And if he turns into a hall of famer, I mean, thanks Dallas. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That would be so nice of them to have (laughs) put him in our hands. Uh, Yeah, definitely uh, excited about Devontae Smith. I think all Eagles fans are really excited to see what he can do, but we also saw a very spectacular catch. I don't know if you were able to, to catch mm-hmm. that one uh, that Jalen Rager made against Slay in practice one day. Um, how are you feeling about Jalen Rager going into year two with a new quarterback? Yeah, it's funny. I think I've drafted him more than Smith just based on where they're going in drafts. He's much cheaper and he's uh, a month younger than Smith. You know, he's, oh, he's only okay. 22 years old. So um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still, I think he's a post hype guy, right? You know, he's a first round pick last year. He's the kind of guy you go after, you know, it reminds me a little of DJ Chark a couple of years ago. People are kind of forgetting about him. Now Chark was going undrafted. Rager will cost you a late round pick, but you know, same kind of thing, right? Just uh, kind of had some struggles. Wasn't a full timer throughout the season because of the missed time. The quarterback play was a big problem. He had one of the highest off target rates in the NFL last year. So it wasn't really a great opportunity for him, uh, but that's, that's the kind of guy you look for late in your draft. I think there's hope here. And by the way, that comes from someone who, was not really high in Rager as a prospect, right. you know, uh, again, putting the Eagles fan hat on for a second. I wasn't thrilled about the pick because he was one of my lower end prospects in that, in that top first or second round group of receivers last year, they decided to go that direction. Didn't pan out in year one, but there's still plenty of hope for a guy who's super young and there's room to get better here. So uh, again, if you're 
An Eagles fan, room for optimism. If you play fantasy, a fine, really an ideal late round flyer. Yeah, and I'm just curious how you think from an analytical perspective about the pairing of those two back-to-back first round picks at the wide receiver position. When you look at the abilities of Smith and Rager both being on the field, how do you think that they'll be able to work together to create opportunities for Jalen Hurts down the field? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important, especially if you're facing a team that has a standout shutdown corner. You know, there, there are teams out there that shadow. The Philadelphia was one of them last year with Darius Slay. So we saw that. We That hasn't always been the case for the Eagles over the past few years, but Slay uh, took that job. Other teams do that. So when they're facing a team that has one really good shadow corner and maybe a, an inferior number two, which is the case for a lot of teams out there, uh, that sets up the Eagles to have some success. You know, if they try to lock down Smith, Rager makes the plays and vice versa, or the tight end step up, right? So if these guys stay healthy and you have a, a and you throw out the offensive line healthy as it is right now, which I think is pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hurts at quarterback, Sanders in the backfield, Smith and Rager out wide, and then Goddard and Ertz at tight end. I mean, that's formidable. You know, that could work. That could do the trick for this team. It just comes down to how, uh, how good of a job Hurts does getting the football into their hands. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by this duo. When you spend a pair of first round picks in back to back drafts on the position, they better work out. Especially at least one of them better work out. If not, you're going to be in that Detroit Lions territory, right? From uh, from like the '90s where they just kept, or I guess it was maybe even the, the early 2000s, where they just kept picking a first round receiver every single year. They get missing and missing. Eventually, they hit on Calvin Johnson, but uh, it took quite a while. So. Um, I'm curious to see how it plays out, but look, it was a neat position. I understand why they went this direction. Definitely. And I am, um, you know, obviously curious as, you know, the first two weeks of, you know, training camp have already happened across the league. Whose fantasy value has increased in your books um, so far this offseason? If anyone. Yeah, I think, um, honestly, a guy I've moved up lately is uh, David Montgomery. Now, he was a top five running back last season, but most people have him ranked, you know, closer to 20, 22, 23. And the reason for that was, you know, he he really lit it up down the stretch against an easy schedule last year, and Tree Cohen would be back. Not to mention they added Damian Williams, so you would expect uh, Cohen, who missed most of last season, with the injury to be back. But he's struggling with that injury, with that recovery, and it looks like he may not even play early in the season. So, Uh, I'm feeling much better about Montgomery. Uh, He has personally scanned the internet and has seen where he has been ranked in fantasy, and he is not thrilled about it. He has been uh, on video admitting as much. So um, uh, maybe a little extra motivation for a very, very talented player. I did like him a lot coming in uh, to the league. So he's up to 15th on my board, uh, liking him for sure. Um, You know, there's some concerns, I guess, about Jamar Chase. He didn't play last year. And You've seen some negative reports that may not mean much by the time week one rolls around, but starting to feel more secure with T Higgins as potentially their number one guy, at least in the first half of the season. So uh, liking him uh, as well. But again, it's early preseason just starting. There's going to be a lot of movement with these guys as we get reports in, you know, try to, you know, be careful what you're listening to. Not don't overreact to anything, but be ready to make some moves where necessary. Yeah, definitely. And and just like one thing that does ha- tend to happen at the end of the season is uh, at the end of the uh, training camp and uh, preseason is some players are on the move. They get traded uh, at the last minute for the 53 man cutdown. How much is that weighing on what you do in the coming weeks when, you know, a person you had forecasted in a particular offense goes to a different team at the last minute? 
Yeah. So I generally, there's no one that's like super high impact, right? Like uh, last year, Leonard Fournette got cut. It was well before the 53 man cut down, but you know, that's, that's a major shakeup, right? That you don't expect. Usually that doesn't happen. Generally, you know, if we're looking at the top 20 quarterbacks and 40 running backs and 50 receivers and say 15, uh, say 20 tight ends, that's really the core of a fantasy draft. Those guys barely get touched. You know, it's, it's just super rare. It would have to be an injury, right? That would shake that up. Um, But I keep track of everything. So I, you know, personally, I read transactions every day and update every single depth chart. I could tell you every single receiver, fullback, defensive tackle, punter on every roster in the NFL. So for me personally, it's a lot of work, you know, because I'm <laughs> digging through that. Um, I do the, I do projections for every position uh, in, in, within the ESPN fantasy game. And I have a PDF I post on social media all the time. You could find that with the hashtag clay projections. And you can see that I have projections for everyone there. So for me, I am digging through all those cuts, updating all the depth charts, and it, it, it'll more so affect uh, defense. You know, there's more, usually more of a shakeup on the defensive side of the ball with seasoned veterans getting cut and that kind of thing, guys going getting stashed on IR. Uh, so it keeps me busy for sure. But I would say in terms of talking from a fantasy perspective, there's generally not uh, a major shakeup at the top where it counts unless there's obviously a major injury. Totally understand that. And I really do appreciate you making some time to talk to me today about everything that's coming up. Uh, And I know that you're a busy person uh, with ESPN and Fantasy Focus Live. I'm just curious if you have anything that you want to uh, alert fans to as they get prepped for their mock drafts and their their fantasy, fantasy leagues this year. Yeah, well, I guess shameless plug, right? We have the uh, the marathon next week, and my an annual tradition with the marathon is uh, my my ultimate draft board article. So I go round by round through what I'm thinking, who I'm looking at, who my favorite target is in that round. Um, there are a couple of eagles mentioned throughout that, so uh, I definitely recommend nice. checking that out. It will be up uh, again right around the start of the marathon next week, which is it starts Tuesday, runs through Wednesday night. We cap it off with a mock draft, a live mock draft uh, on the air. So it'll be on live on ESPN2 and across all of our, our social accounts as well. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, check all that stuff out. I have other content up on the site as well, as does the rest of our team. We, you know, we just have a really good team in place and and uh, knock out all kinds of, of NFL fantasy content, all that fun stuff. So uh, it's going to be a fun season. I appreciate you having me on, Kelly, and uh, we'll do it again. I appreciate it, Mike, and thank you so much again. Eagles fans, please go listen to the Fantasy Focus live podcast and show because there is so many good nuggets when you're getting ready for your fantasy drafts this year. And don't forget to subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes of the Kelly Green Show. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.